Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. It is January 11th, and it is time for another TFS podcast. Plenty to talk about this week. How about the coaching carousel in the NFL? I mean, how many coaches got fired, including guys that were winning, like at Miami? Happy birthday, American League DH, born in my birth year, 1973. Saw that on my uh, little this date in history. A little shout-out to Hope Basketball. I think they were preseason number four in the MIAA, and they took out trying with three starters out because of, quote, covid um, last night, Trine is the MIAA uh, favorite, and they took him out by, what, the double digits, I think, Ryan, or pretty close yep. to that, which was very impressive. So shout-out to Coach George, who we had on a couple weeks ago, Coach Mitch and the boys. Lots of hoops, lots of football, lots of stuff to talk about. Let's get to it. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Yeah, and tomorrow, biggest game uh, in Division Three basketball, um, the rivalry, Hope Calvin. Uh, tune in, 8 o'clock. Um, if you're in the Grand Rapids area, watch that. Um, it's always a fun one. Um, we talked about it last year. Definitely the best uh, small college basketball game. It's Duke, Carolina. Um, it's amazing. But, yeah, podium this week. Uh, make it short and sweet. Thank you, college football. Um, thank you. It was, it was a great season. So fun. Um, entertaining from, from week week zero on, um, which is awesome. Uh, just so happy um, that we were able to have a normal season, a full season with fans. The pageantry was back. Um, the momentum uh, that we carry into 2022 is great. Um, a great championship showing last night by the all SEC boys. Um, you know, it's just it was awesome. Uh, can't wait for next year. I'm mean, already counting on the days. I said it was like 2:45 until Michigan State's first game um, earlier today. So uh, yeah, I just can't can't wait for that. But uh, sad to see it go. But now we got all college hoops and uh, NFL playoffs here, so it's going to be fun uh, next month. Time to get creative on our topics again, too. So a lot more golf coming back in, and if you got topics, you know where to share them. All right, my podium. It's become a little bit of a quasi-political thing for me. Not so much political this week, but last week we talked, I think it was. No, last week was um, part two of delusional Michigan fans. A couple weeks ago, anyway. We talked about kind of the softening of America. And if you haven't seen this story, so this is kind of a little bit of a Eh, on the softening of America and an aunt on a coach and his staff in the situation at the University of Hawaii. So go back almost a month now, and I think it was one of the first bowl games that was canceled, was Hawaii. When Memphis was there, night before day of something like that, canceled the Hawaii Bowl. 
citing COVID cases, whatever. I don't think that's the case. We're going to talk a lot about COVID in a little while. Surprise, surprise. Um, but also a lot of transfers. Now, a lot of schools have transfers. But when I was just kind of browsing around, sitting, or sitting, nothing to do the other day, well, look at the athletic. And this headline stuck out to me by Chris Vanini. Well, I don't know if he wrote the headline, but he wrote the article. Hawaii coach administration blasted in Senate hearing amid mass transfers and complaints of abuse. Senate hearings for college football? Now, I get it. There's not much going on on the island minus tourism. There's not, you know, in the way of sports, you got surfing and you got the University of Hawaii, right? College football is a big thing. Hawaii's had some good, you know, um, good teams here or there. They made, you know, back in the kind of the BCS days or New Year's, old quasi-New Year's six days, they've made some of those bowl games. But it really stood out to me, and I don't, I don't read everything that I see, but I read this one, and, like, what caught my attention is why are we wasting the government, who's got enough of its own freaking problems, obviously, we're wasting their time to figure out why guys are transferring from a school? Now, a lot of players are saying that they were blacklisted because they kind of aired some dirty laundry on a Twitter live or whatever that's called. I get it. I mean, kids will be kids, but kind of you got to keep kind of that stuff in-house a little bit. Coach, you shouldn't blacklist the guys. You should have a conversation with a man up. You know, supposedly, I think it's Todd Graham as their coach, very, you know, devout Christian. I'm also, uh, you know, definitely a believer. I would say a Christian, if not maybe devout, like devout, I'm not in your face about it. Whereas some of the devout, like this guy, supposedly is. But yet, they often are the ones that kind of are (laughs) hypocritical, right? Like, he's being called out for verbal abuse, for not talking to guys that aren't starters, a number of things. I mean, if you have The Athletic, go read the article. But the bottom line is, I'm going to take the dead middle on this one. And I'm not usually a middle taker, but first of all, players, if you got beef, go talk to your coach. Second of all, coaches, if you got beef with your players, go talk to your players. Third, this is not a matter for the Senate. I don't care that Hawaii Athletics is a quote, big deal and maybe it's partially funded by the public or whatever. No, this is a waste of the government's time. Figure your stuff out. And part of this is kids. You don't like a coach who you're going to say is verbally abusive. What's your definition of verbally abusive? Somebody that ripped on you for making a mistake? Somebody who got up in your face a la Bobby Knight or something like that? I get it. In today's snowflake society, that stuff doesn't fly. Bullshit. Ryan, how many times did I get in your face over things when I coached you in basketball? Enough, right? Yeah, right. Not all the time, but it was usually fair or justified. Right. And there's a great picture in our photo stream of me denting a chair, not over something that Ryan did, but to my basketball team because they weren't boxing out. Like, if you can't take being coached, that's on the players. That's on the softening of America. That's on the players' parents. So shame on you players and, and, and your parents and your upbringing for being so freaking soft. But I will say, coaches, you got to, you know, cut kids a little bit of slack. Maybe listen to them a little bit. Just don't walk them out the door because they took to Twitter Live or whatever. We definitely have a generational gap. We don't have people talking to people. We don't have adults talking to kids. We don't have these young student athletes talking to the coaches. And then we got the damn Senate involved. Please get over it, communicate, figure it out. Everybody stop being snowflakes. Everybody stop being so butthurt and let's play freaking sports without the damn government. All right, moving on. We're going to keep the tee up of the week short because we're going to get into this, not just about who we're teeing up specifically, but we're going to get into this topic 
um, in an around-the-world spot. We're going to tee up University of Michigan basketball. Yes, we're picking on you lately, Michigan, because, hey, well, you deserve it. We're going to tee on you for ducking big games. Started last year when your two and five asses ducked Ohio State in the last Big Ten game of the season, citing COVID. And more so, I didn't have as much of a problem with it last year, but now that this quasi-vaccine is available, you ducked Michigan State and then Purdue in back-to-back games, and it remains to be seen if you duck Illinois this week. Hmm. Are those not the three best teams in the Big Ten? Hmm. Oh, I get it. We're testing asymptomatic players so we can get a negative test. Anyway, that's my opinion. Michigan, you're teed up for ducking big games. And I think I also read that they ducked number three in hockey, Western Michigan. Why is it always the top ten teams you're ducking? Hmm. Tee up U of M. All right, let's move on. Talk a little bit of Big Ten hoops. No, not the COVID part. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I, just a couple things that I wrote. Michigan State only got to play once last week, so I, I'm admittedly a little bit more out of the hoops loop. We've got a, the Baylor-Texas Tech game going on in the background. So definitely lots of college basketball. Like Ryan said, that is going to take over our mind space here for the next several months. Um, but just a couple observations from that Michigan State game last week, which was a good win. What was it? I don't even remember who they played. Nebraska? Nebraska. I'm going to say this. I wrote this down at the time. I think I sent this to my buddy Chris. Some people will cringe that I say it, but whatever. Does or does not Michigan State give the rock away like a pedophile passes out candy from a windowless van? I mean, please. A.J. Hogart in particular. Freaking stop turning the ball over. You had eight against Nebraska. Now, Nebraska's game, they're tough. You know, they're they're making their way. They're kind of blue-collar. Your turnovers, Hogart, are garbage. What are you doing? Michigan State, what are you doing turning the ball over 17 times? You're lucky to win games because you've got a pretty good defense. And the fact is, is that Brown and Christie are really starting to cook for Michigan State until Michigan put it on pause. And so they have, well, I guess, good practice time, which is great. But nothing beats games. We all know that. So Michigan State had to wait until they get to play Minnesota tomorrow, and I think they play maybe Northwestern this weekend. Hopefully they'll get their games in. Um, that's just kind of a, like a quick take on Michigan State. Ryan, what are your thoughts on what's going on in the Big Ten right now? Yeah, Big Ten uh, starting up, getting good. Uh, like you said, Michigan State um, playing well. Hopefully uh, that, that game off over the weekend didn't um, slow their momentum here. But a team I, I am actually been impressed with um, – Penn State, last week, last Wednesday, uh, since our last podcast, they beat Northwestern um, 74-70 on the road. Um, you know, Northwestern's not a great team, but they're not a bad team, um, you know, so good win there. Um, and then they go and lose a close one to Purdue um, on Sunday, or I'm sorry, on Saturday. They were winning toward the end and then ended up losing by seven. Um, then today they beat Rutgers 66-49, um, eight and six overall, um, playing better. Um, you know, they, I think they're they're a sneaky good team, and, and like every every night in the Big Ten, you can't you can't play bad because um, everyone's tough. I mean, it's it's I think it's the best top to bottom it's been. I mean, we thought Minnesota wasn't going to win a game, and they're actually a pretty good team. You know, I think the worst team honestly might be Maryland. I don't know, um, maybe Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska's not horrible. 
I just I don't know. It's, Nobody's it's bad. It feels like. not a bad team except for Michigan, but yeah, they don't ever play. Uh, so how do we know if they're bad? Indiana's the most Jekyll and Hyde team I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Beat Ohio State bad, and then who they and then they beat Minnesota the other day, but they'll they'll lose to yeah, late egg. I mean, Penn State's better, like you said, they're better than we thought. They're I think they're well coached. Penn State has the last few years has been one of those teams that can sneak up and beat anybody, but and it's hard to win on the road. But I mean. You know that was a game where Indiana really should have won. They went on the road and they lost. He's, I agree. They're Jekyll and Hyde. They always they have been for several years. They've been yep. since Bobby Knight days, and it's like that's what has to drive Indiana fans crazy because like you've got talent, you've got a good team, you put housed Ohio State the other day, but you can't you can't put one foot in front of the other for more than like a week or so at a time, and it's it's crazy. And Purdue, I would say. Wholly underachieving. I mean, we both had them crowned as one of the, by far, maybe the most talented, the deepest team. And, man, they're struggling a little bit. I think we talked a little bit last week about the the take-it-to-you-take-it-to-itiveness, if you will. And I don't know that Purdue has that yet. I think they'll find it. I mean, look, they've got two of the best bigs in the country. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a crazy, crazy ride. I mean, Wisconsin... They were they were up big and then they held on against Maryland. Yeah, Maryland is just a train wreck. Yeah. You know, anytime your coach leaves in the middle of it, it's never good. But they've got talent, so they could beat anybody. I mean, Iowa had been playing decent. You know, there's good, like, good players. Yeah. Northwest, I think Northwestern. There's a lot of middle of the road teams. I would say there's only you know probably three or four that are going to contend for the title, and there's probably like, you know eight or so in the middle that are legit going to try to fight for a, a you know an NCAA tournament berth and then the last couple teams I don't think they'll get to 500 but they're like NIT worthy I mean there's no there's not a bad team there's not an easy win in the no. Big 10 and most years oh, you can't nice. say that I mean I'm looking at our preseason predictions and we had Minnesota going 1 in 19 in the Big 10. I mean holy way off on that already and conversely we had Maryland 15 and 5 <laughs> How, how little did we know at that time? But that's why you play the Basketball. games, too. So, I mean, that's hoops. But Well, speaking of crazy, uh, as we speak, Nebraska leads Illinois 34-31 at the half. That's crazy. What did we say happened in that Texas Tech-Baylor Tech game? ended up pulling it off, so there's no undefeateds, no undefeateds left, left in college basketball. USC, Seems early to have no undefeateds USC, left. USC, I mean, Baylor. I mean, Gonzaga last year went down to the last game, last game. undefeated. Yeah, um, Indiana 76 Indiana teams cracking the champagne like the Dolphins. The old Dolph 72 Dolphins on on the same thing for NFL when there's no undefeated team. But, yeah, I mean, crazy. Then college basketball is only going to heat up more and more and more. We're going to get into the gauntlet of these league races. And that's what's great and the big difference between college basketball and college football is even though you might have, you know, at the the end of the year when you look at it, there, there may be truly like four to six teams that you could say pretty confidently are really going to one or two of those teams is going to be in the mix. There's a lot, anything can happen, right? Any given day. Basketball is one of those games, even more so. I mean, anybody can win in football, but there's still a lot of that comes down to talent. I mean, you can out scheme somebody sometimes, but you know, the grand scheme of things, the one and done, that's why college basketball is better than college football because college football first grade is, and we'll get into it in a minute, the CFP finale was last night. It's a, three or a four team thing and I mean Michigan saw that this year they got their ass pounded by the national champions um you know Cincinnati finally get in there as a as a non-power five school and they saw it they lost to Alabama 
I mean, until they fix that, this is not going to hold a candle to basketball. And that's why on a given night, I mean, US, like Ryan said, USC lost today. They were they they and Baylor were the last two teams standing, and they both went down. It's January 11th. I mean, there's what six, seven weeks of regular season plus conference tournaments to go, and and now it's just it's going to be like crazy. I mean, we're talking. This is one of those years where I'll go out on a limb now and say, I don't mean check it in four months, but I'll go on a limb now and say, this is a year another double digit seed walks into the final four, I think, because there's just somebody's going to catch fire and that's just how it's going to be. And and I think that's great for basketball. It was great last year. Gonzaga made their run. We kind of all wanted to see it. They had a special team. Baylor kind of semi came out of nowhere, smacked them in the mouth, won the national championship. But, you know, the days of Duke and Kentucky and even Michigan State and, you know, the Blue Bloods, North Carolina dominating it all the time are not there. Now, these teams still are relevant, certainly, but I think that's what just makes college basketball better than anything, you know, when push comes to shove. Agreed. Completely agree. All right, let's shift to spot number two. Now let's, let's talk about football. There's a lot to unpack with the CFP um, last night. I, I think, first of all, from my take, and I've got like lots of little notes here, and I won't do them all at once, so I'll, I'll kind of say a little bit of a piece, go to Ryan, and then we'll, we'll do a little bit back and forth. But for me, honestly, that was a really good game. Um, you know, it had kind of, obviously, the wave of emotion. I'm not a huge fan of same, same league, same league finals, but clearly the two best teams – a lot of people were like, oh, 9-6, what a boring happen. No way, man. That 9-6 was some of the most exciting 9-6 field goal kicking football I've ever seen because those defenses are insane. You saw, if you watched the first half last night, you saw why nobody outside of Ohio State in the Big Ten has a chance for a while. Because until you can get that side-to-side speed and the kind of size those teams have, you could see in, in Stetson Bennett, when he went out there the first time that Georgia had the ball, he was afraid of Alabama's front seven. He was afraid of their front four. He was afraid of Will Anderson. He looked at Hutchinson and Ojabu, or whatever his name is, and Michigan's front went, whatever, you're not an SEC team, and absolutely shredded them from the go. And it took him three quarters last night to feel comfortable. And Will Anderson, how in the hell, if you're going to have a defensive guy second in the Heisman and should have been Kenneth Walker, but beyond that, how was it not him? Anderson is a stud, and damn it, I wish he was coming out because that's who the Lions need to take. I mean, that dude, he was on the quarterback sometimes before the ball almost got there. Um, but I just think as, you know, a lot of Georgia fans in there, you could hear it. Didn't even look like kind of a full stadium, which is a little bit It wasn't. Weird. There were 2,000 short. It, it seemed like kind of some top spots were empty. Maybe sign of the times a little bit that maybe the NFL is going to get the the ticket gate is kind of what I read a little bit today on the Athletic and some other sites. Um, kind of that's a little bit of a future predictor if the CFP is lower than the NFL goes higher. Um, you know, maybe people are just kind of sick of there's only two teams every year that kind of vie for this thing. But just general thoughts, Ryan. I thought, and I've got more on the game, but those are just my first thoughts on the game. Truly impressed by the defenses. Um, the more and more I watch that game, I, Bryce Young is he's one of the better quarterbacks I've seen. I mean that that kid that's a young kid um, being just hit. He was he, that guy was beaten just to death by the end of that game, and he was still standing there taking hits, making some spectacular throws. 
that dude's going to win the Heisman next year. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, he's going to probably be the first pick. The throws he made uh, under the duress he was under. I mean, that's the difference between the SEC championship game and yesterday was Georgia got consistent pressure. They didn't sack him as much. You know, not as I'm not saying as much as the one time. They didn't sack him as much as maybe people think. A lot of times people think, well, pressure means you got to sack the quarterback. No, they put him on his ass almost every play, and he had to make hard throws under duress time and time mm-hmm. again, and he delivered, and it really hurt them that Jamison Williams ended up tor- towards, towards ACL, ACL yep. which is too bad because that dude is a stud of a talent. But that goes to a couple conversations we've had recently. Of you wonder why guys opt out in bowl games that don't, quote, don't matter? That that's why, right? He's yeah. probably the number one receiver going in the draft this year. And now, what does he do? I don't know if he's burned up his eligibility. Does he go back to Alabama? If he can, you know what happens? But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's sad. Um, you know, I think Alabama showed they have some good young receivers, of course, um, and just they have some really good young defenders as well. You know, Saban. And if you haven't seen it. Um, check out the sa- the end of the press conference um, when Bryce Young and, and Will Anderson were about to leave and Saban, they stood up and Saban had him sit down. Um, unbelievable video. It shows the leadership um, that he has as a coach. I, I think he's the, the greatest to ever do it. Um, and, his, and his protege, Kirby. Um, Only the second, second, second guy to win in both this year, right? Yeah, yeah, so crazy. But, I mean, unbelievable showing by Georgia Stetson. Um, played spectacular after that fumble, uh, which was weird, a weird play. Um, you know, he went four for four the rest of the game and was, was unbelievable and, and led him to a victory. Um, and just spectacular. Georgia's tight ends, Bowers, that guy's a freshman. I mean, he's an amazing. Stud. Pickens played great. He showed that he's going to be probably a stud in the NFL, could be a second-round pick and whatnot. Um, Georgia's defense, I think the play that stood out to me most I think it was in the first or I think maybe first quarter. Uh, Alabama had about third and five, and they threw it to the flat. And the guy from Georgia covered about ten yards of ground in as soon as he caught the ball, and he stopped him in his tracks. I've never seen something like that. The speed and the power of those guys. Yeah. Un- it's it's not even fair. And how many Tuck guys? I mean, a little shout out to Coach Tucker. You know, we love him at Michigan State, but. Remember, he, he wasn't at Georgia defense. too far along. He set that defense in motion. He recruited a lot of those guys. That's what Michigan State fans need to go. Now, are they going to go over to Michigan State over Georgia? No, not very many of them are. Not the five stars necessarily. But that's the kind of stuff that you got to be kind of looking at. His recruiting going, Ooh, hey, I like what I see. Here's something on Stetson Benefit. Stetson Bennett. Bennett. There's like Stetson, what is his middle? Like, it's like something like Stetson Fleming Bennett the fourth or something. Talk about a frat boy name. And they say he's five eleven. No way. He's five nine on his tippy toes. Anyway, a walk on at Georgia wasn't going to sniff probably fifth string. Went to JUCO, came back as a fourth stringer. He didn't even start their first game this year. He was buried on the depth chart at the beginning of this year. He eventually became the starter by attrition. And he just led an SEC team to a national championship. He's the first ever former walk-on quarterback to win a national championship. I mean, that is that is hats off, dude. I mean, and you could see the emotion. And, you know, when they had that pick six and that really sealed the game. And the way his teammates, every one of them, defense, you know, defensive players, offensive players, coaches. I mean, talk about the respect that a guy has in the locker room of somebody who just toiled. And, like he said in the interviews, 
kept his mouth shut and just kept working hard and faced adversity and stuff. I mean, hats off. That was a phenomenal performance, especially when you consider this. This is courtesy of The Athletic. The previous five national championship quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson in 2016, Tua in 2017, Trevor Lawrence 2018, Joe Burrow 2019, Mac Jones 2020. What do they all have in common? All first-round draft picks who are either off to great starts or are going to have great careers in the NFL. The article said Betson, Betson, Stetson Bennett, I want to combine his name. Bennett may very well go undrafted. Yeah, very likely he's going to go undrafted because he's 5'9". I mean, unless you're Kyler Murray, that that ain't going to fly in the NFL. So a couple other just game observations. I've been, you know, since we've been doing this pod for a little over a year now, I'll, I'll kind of tend to pull out my phone and my notes and just kind of jot things down as I go so I don't, I'm getting old, so I don't forget to talk about them. So these are a little bit of you know, spur of thought, and then I'm going to give you a kind of fun three stupid ass herbieisms at the end that I think everybody will get a laugh out of if you didn't catch them, and then Ryan will get any final thoughts from you. But I thought the big review early that was huge, right? Georgia scores a touchdown on what they thought was a scoop six, but that was the right call, and it was a 10 point swing. Bama went down and kicked a field goal, that was huge. Who knows what that would have done to the momentum of the game. Um, I would say the difference big time early was quarterback play. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. Bennett was not on his game early. He was really flustered by Alabama's front seven. Alabama covers well. No no doubt Saban's probably one of the best secondary coaches in history as well. The speed, OMG, wow, period. I mean, Ohio State's the only team that we see regularly that comes close, and they're not even in the same ballpark. How bad was Michigan's defense? I talked about this a little bit about, but Bennett looked like a Heisman winner against them, but not for a while, for three quarters really against Bama in that fumble, which was the right call, by the way. I mean, I know everybody's like his arm was going forward, but the ball was coming out. And how about like, the guy just kind of nonchalantly catches the ball on the sideline, like, oh yeah, the play was dead. And he happened to be in bounds. I mean, that was a game changer. Um, but this thing, here's one thing about Bennett. His deep ball is Damn good. I mean, he puts the right amount of air under it. That one catch you talked about with her, the play with Pickens, Ryan, where he makes the one-handed grab. I mean, that thing about touched the ceiling of mm-hmm. Lucas Oil Field. Um, Bama's front seven is so much better than Michigan's. It isn't even funny. And yet we're already seeing Michigan preseason top five for next year, and most of those key players from their front seven are going. That's another topic for another day. Um, I will say on that fumble call that we talked about that could have changed the game and, in fact, actually just made Bennett come back and, and say, no, I'm not going to go out this way, was unbelievable eyes by the ref to catch that. You, We talked about that with Coach George the other day, basketball-related, but you think about that. In that moment, that big, and, yes, they get the benefit of replay to make sure that they got it right, but still, he called both the fumble right, that it wasn't a forward pass, and he called the recovery right. I said to Kristen on the couch, I'm like, oh, she's like, well, that ball went out of bounds. I'm like, yeah, of course it went out of bounds. I mean, for them to see that and to catch that as close as that was, that was remarkable. Hats off to the official. I thought they did a really good job last night. They let some things go because it was a little bit chippy at times. And and I'm okay with that um, because I think they kept it under wraps. They kept it under control. Um, I'll say this too. For as bad as the semifinal games are almost year after year, the title game is is often so good, and last night was not a disappointment. Saban, of course, Kirby was with him a lot. 
you know, won a national championship at LSU, coached with him, at least with the Dolphins, maybe at Alabama too. Uh, all class after the game, told him, hey, you kicked our ass in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, he's the best. There's no question about it. He's the GOAT, just like Belichick's the GOAT of the NFL. And one thing for our Rockford Rams out there, how about the burn the boats reference that was in there? Pick that up, Ryan. They gave a little burn the boats reference in the game. All right, one little last thing on uh, on CFP, the, the game, and then I'll see if Ryan has any other thoughts. And I've got one thing on CFP going forward. But I had to throw a couple of herbisms at you. <laughs> Just tell me that, like, hello, Mr. Obvious. Stupid game observation number one. So much is at stake in this game. Uh, you think, Kirk? It's the national championship game. Field position will be a big factor in the game tonight. Um, again, Mr. Obvious, like, well, like it doesn't it. always matter. And after at the end of the game, this is a really huge deal for Georgia after 41 years. Well, no shit. They won a national championship. This is a big deal for anybody, whether it's 41 years is your first national championship ever or it's your seventh one in eight years. I mean, <laughs> master of the obvious. I, I feel like, I don't know why, maybe it's because I'm a little getting jaded towards ESPN and I'd be interested in your take on this, Ryan, but I, I, I kind of feel like Fowler and Herbie have, like, they need to pass the baton on to somebody else. And it's not Nestler and Danielson, because Danielson, I think, is senile. He's horrible. But the, I miss Keith Jackson. I I meant miss Brent Musburger. Yeah, he was so good. Um, Fowler did a pretty good job, I would say. He does a good job play-by-play, but Herbie's just, like, stayed so much of the obvious. And I don't know if it's because they got discombobulated for doing the Denver game the other day. They did an NFL game for ESPN or what it was, but double disappointing. Like, I think it's time to shake that up. Give it to McDonough. McDonough and Spielman, for my money, were always the best. So give it to McDonough and Blackledge. I think those two are the next guys that deserve a shot at the big games, at the top games. Let's let's move on. That's my last game observation. Ryan, you have any more? No, nothing. Um what a season. Because one other thing that I want to talk about. So I read about this today, too. Again, uh, the tires rotated on Rachel's car, so I had a little bit of time. I'm reading, you know, back in June, it was it seemed pretty imminent that we were talking 12 game, you know, 12, you know, 12 teams in the playoffs soon, right? Because the contract is up here soon. They're going to have to, you know, whatever. I think it's a they they can decide now and they can change it in, in like a year or two where they're going to have to sit on four games and wait another four years. Well, I'm hearing after three year three days of deliberation in Indy by the CFP committee that they're at a stalemate. Every conference wants their own thing. The ACC has got the play that really they're not saying, but selfishly they want to force Notre Dame's hand and to get into their conference because they know the kind of bank they can make off of them. Shame on you, ACC. Big Ten's got their beef about who knows what. Pac-12's like, hey, we just want our share. Um, you know, I think the Big Ten's beef was they wanted the top, the Power Fives to all have an automatic bid no matter what versus one of the proposals was for it to be the top rate, eight-ranked teams no matter how that goes. Now, whenever does that not shake out to include the Power Five, you have to tell me that. But, like, really, we're all going to go to the table and not put our best interest aside and think about what's best for college football, what's best for the fans. You want it to continue to be the Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, you know, Oklahoma. You want it to continue to be that? 
Yeah, it was exciting. We got Cincinnati in there. It was exciting for Michigan fans. They finally rose up out of the ashes and they did something, you know. And but Ohio State's another one. They're always in contention. If you leave it at four, it's going to be the same five or six schools that are always fighting for this, and it's kind of render the rest meaningless. And we're going to have more guys opting out of bowl games because they don't matter. Just get together and do what's right for college football, or you're going to watch the NFL just pound you into oblivion and college basketball is going to take over as king because college basketball has got it figured out. They've got it right. I get it. You can't do a 68 team, 69 team, whatever it is, tournament. I get it, right? But you can certainly do a 12 team. And don't give me this song, oh, it's more wear and tear on the student athletes. Please. With NIL and whatever, these guys are basically going to school on a, quote, scholarship and probably having their stuff done for them to get out and go to the NFL. I mean, stop that argument. That's old. All this bowl stuff would take place in December anyway when they're um, in between semesters. Fix it. Get it right because we are days away from seeing another four years of a four-team playoff and having to complain about it. Great for podcasts. Great for TV fodder whatever. Not good for the fans. Figure it out. All right, Ryan, anything else on that? Nope. All right. We are going to make spot three, which has been a lot over the last year plus, uh, kind of a Mount Rushmore spot for us. We're going to make this a permanent Mount Rushmore spot. We're going to find something to talk about, you know, top four related, especially now that we, you know, football is going to kind of eventually here in a month when pro football goes away too. You know, we got, we got to stretch for topics a little bit more. But let's talk Mount Rushmore of the best college football games this year and so between ryan and i we'll just kind of go back and forth and we'll pick four not each of us pick four but we'll we'll debate this and pick four ryan you get us started well let's go with a couple because i talked michigan a lot state of and michigan segment. it's got to be up there i mean that was an unbelievable game both undefeated went down to the wire um especially since it was a rivalry game that's got to be up there we're going to put that on there um number two uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a list here. I'm, I mean, I, Ohio State, Oregon was a good one early in the year. Um, Oregon went on the road to the shoe, beat Ohio State, obviously. Um, another uh, one that I slipped my mind. Do you remember the the Mississippi versus uh, Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah, Ole Miss, Arkansas, fifty-two to fifty-one. I think that's got to be up there. Arkansas went for two to win it, and they didn't get it. High scoring, high octane. That I think they were both. Uh, either undefeated or top 15 teams at the time. Um, unbelievable game. Unbelievable game. Those are two I have. I think I think that possibly, maybe honorable mention here, Red River shootout. Um, yeah, the Oklahoma, Oklahoma Texas game was big, great. came mm-hmm. back, won that one. That launched Caleb Williams, who's probably going to end up at USC now. Maybe another honorable mention, Illinois, Penn State, nine overtimes. Two-point conversion. The two couldn't point do conversion. it, couldn't do it, couldn't do Overtime, it. Overtime, just carousel. I think it has to be up there. Big 12 championship, Baylor versus Oklahoma State. Unbelievable game. That was a really good game. You know, another great one I'm going to throw in there that people wouldn't think about is Kansas-Texas. Mm-hmm. Overtime thriller, Kansas wins at, at Texas, I think, for the first time First time at Texas, I think, ever. And only like the third time they ever even beat Texas. Purdue-Tennessee Music City Bowl. Yes. That was another great one. The Rose Bowl. All right, and and last night's Natty game. So let's come up up with four. We can agree on this one. Michigan-Michigan State. We're Michigan State homers. We get it. That was an excellent college football game game with ebbs and flows. Huge game for Kenneth Walker. 
just being there too was electric. So that's number one. That's definitely on the list. What do we have? Sorry, what was another one that we agreed on that would be number two? I think the Big 12 championship should be up Yeah, there. I would agree with that. That was a great game. I mean, a goal line stand at the end for Baylor to, awesome to be able to get that and then go on and win the Sugar Bowl. So that's number two. Uh, let's go Music City Bowl. Yeah, Music City Bowl. I mean, we're kind of leaning on bowls here, but still, that was a or you know late season game. game. That was a great game. Um, you know, epic comeback by Purdue and just back and forth, back and forth. And then for the fourth one, let's let, just let's gonna give the Jayhawks a little bit of love. Let's throw let's Kansas, Texas. Texas ended up being dog meat this year, um, but still to get that get that monkey off their back, the way that game went, some. I don't even some crazy like walk on story tight end or something made the catch. His parents were there, happened to be filming it on their phones. P- pretty dang sweet. So that's a pretty good Mount Rushmore, I think, of best college football games of the Great. season. All right, number four. Let's go to something a little bit more meaty and contentious and political because you know we like to do that. We want to talk specifically. This goes back to our tee up a little bit about the COVID approach to games. And we already know what we feel like with the Michigan State-Michigan game. I I just find it really coincidental that they could play against Rutgers, got guys back, but still didn't have enough guys to play. And again, don't know, we'll never know, but is this because we know that they're all vaccinated, we all know that they're all boosted. Is this because you're testing asymptomatic players just to get a, a negative so that you can duck a game because there's a very – fair chance that it's going to be a no contest i'm just asking because that's the question that's got to be put on the table you haven't seen anybody else ducking games like that so i asked that question and then that begs the question why in the hell and the nfl i think figured it out and got it right i think the nhl was kind of going that way again why if the vaccine and the boosters are where it's all at according to the government according to the cdc why are we testing asymptomatic players that are vaccinated and boosted? What do you get out of that? What do you get out of that? I don't even have a sniffle and I'm going to get tested and I'm negative. We're seeing that potentially with Rachel's swim team. Why are you testing people? Are you want to find a way to keep, you know postpone your season? Do you want to find a way to do no, no contest, Michigan? Probably. I, I mean... Look, I get it. The Big Ten and all the leagues really changed their rule. Ryan and I talked about this about a month ago because there were so many like early forfeitures right in the Big East. There was two teams that both had to forfeit, so they both took a loss. For example, like I am all about if you can reschedule a game, absolutely, I get it. Try to reschedule the game first, but if you can't reschedule and you were the one who caused the postponement, I think you should have to forfeit. So I think that in the end of the day, I looked, and Ryan, you probably looked too, the chances of Michigan State and Michigan making up that game are slim to none. The way their schedules work are slim to none. Chances of them making up that game against Purdue, same boat, right? It's going to be the same thing. So those are two games that Michigan didn't play and likely, potentially lose that count as a no contest. How is that fair to Purdue and Michigan State, who followed protocol, who did everything right, who didn't have anybody out? And I get it, outbreaks happen, blah, blah, blah. But maybe these schools are smart enough not to test asymptomatic players. So I have a real problem with that, especially because the Big Ten claims that it's up to a doctor that makes the final decision. Yeah, but. So 
why would you punish schools? And throw Michigan to the side, throw Big Ten to the side, in any conference, why would you punish? If you can't reschedule it and you're the team that was the cause for the for the postponement or cancellation, you should take the L, period. Don't you think that's fair, Ryan? I think it is fair. And the rumor on the street was that Michigan had, they, this was as of Friday afternoon, that the four that were out against Rutgers had tested negative, they were going to play. They were all available. And then at whatever, 10.45, 11 o'clock Friday night, Michigan State gets word that the game's postponed, whatever, canceled. Um, someone on Twitter said they heard through the grapevine, I mean, it's Twitter, but they, they know someone involved with Michigan basketball, and they said that one of Michigan's starters tested positive, um, and they were scared that they were going to lose, literally that they were going to lose, and that and one of their other guys that had supposedly te- like plays big minutes was going to be out. So they're like, oh, no, we're not going to play. Right, because against Rutgers. They said they weren't going to have seven. Or it's seven the limit is seven. Is it scholarship players or seven Seven players? scholarship players, yeah. How, you have like, I think Michigan has 14 scholarship players. Right, but they didn't want to burn the redshirt on two guys. So, you know, then, you know what? Then NCAA, make a rule. Make like a in, rule college, exactly. in college football, you can play four games exactly. and not burn your redshirt. Make the same rule in basketball to let the, these games happen because how is it fair to Michigan State, who just like Memphis did for the bowl game, just like NC State did, went down to Michigan, did a walkthrough, spent the night to find out the next day that your rival chickened out. And I'm sorry, Michigan fans, you can say, hey, it's not fair, we had COVID, it's not our fault. Why are you the only program that's doing this? Where else in college basketball is this happening with big programs? I want to know. Where? And you just ducked Michigan State and Purdue, the two of the best teams. And if you duck Illinois and nobody's kind of looking under the hood here, because let's go back to this. Michigan won the Big Ten last year at 14-3. and Three, three games they didn't play. Illinois played all their games and went 16-4. and four. Who's to say that Michigan wouldn't have gone 1-2 and two in those three games and then ended up behind Illinois? Well, oh, yeah, let's hand them the trophy because they haven't had one in a while because it's Juwan Howard. That's garbage. It's garbage. That's why the rule needs to be, it needs to level the playing field to make sure that there's no antics going on. Now, at the end of the day, do I have proof that there's antics? No. It just kind of tend to be like if you smell a fish, there's probably a dead fish somewhere. I think that's probably pretty clear. Again, because you don't see Duke and North Carolina and can- like all these other things canceling games and to the point where they're going to be no contest. Because the, here's the here's the kind of the gist of the rules if you're not aware games that are unable to be played because a team is under the number of competitors available that's seven scholarship players have to be reviewed by the league office according to the big Ten's newest covid19 forfeiture policy which is not a forfeiture policy it's a no contest policy now which is released late last year december 28th in the case of michigan michigan state the conference agreed michigan was unable to compete and signed off on the game being postponed it will either be rescheduled or declared a no contest Per league rules or program has to explain the circumstances that led to a determination that it would be unsafe to compete to avoid the game being considered a forfeiture. The rules state, a team that does not compete and is unable to demonstrate why it's unsafe to compete will be assessed a forfeiture. This game falls into the postponement no contest category. I say there shouldn't be that. You either postpone it or you forfeit it. There is no no contest. How is that fair to everybody else that you're going to shortchange games. Because what you're going to do, too, is that come NCAA tournament time, we're going to have to factor that in. 
the committee is all of a sudden going to have to weigh a Big Ten team that played 16 games versus a Big Ten team that played 20 games. And how do you know? You can't extrapolate that stuff. You can't. Ryan and I talked about that a little bit earlier in, in the Big Ten section. You can't. How, how can you say that you would have beaten Penn State or you would have lost to Michigan State and you would have beaten Rutgers, but you would have lost to Illinois? You don't know. So how are they going to figure that out? We're putting more onus on people who already get scrutinized, rightfully so, for the 68 teams that they select for the tournament. I, I think that if this is going to be fluid and teams are going to appear to take advantage, we need there to be a reason to make sure that they're trying harder to play the games. That's all I have to say. I think the case goes for anybody. I, I'm not. I'm picking on Michigan because that's very clear. It happened to Michigan State, you know, not getting their game last week, a rivalry game. Yeah, we're a little, you know, butthurt about it, if you want to say, because I like to use that term. Um, it's just, to me, that's not on the up and up. That's not fair. Puts You have to have some skin in the game as a program to say, yes, we legit can't put our guys out there. Not because, oh, we might lose, but because we really can't. Because if it's because we might lose, if you can't reschedule the game, you take the L. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Exactly. All right. Moving to spot number five. Lots of little meaty stuff to talk about here. We don't talk about the NFL that much. But we've got playoff the NFL, time. we got the playoffs, so we'll go through our picks for this week. Ryan, can you probably catch us up on how we're doing in our pick I think Ryan's got a little lead. Uh-huh. I won the Big Ten or the National Championship pick, but Ryan's got a little bit of lead on me, so I'm going to have to make up some ground here in the NFL playoffs. But, I mean, we've got coaching Super carousel. Wild card. Minnesota coach Zimmer, out. Nagy, Bears, out. I smell Harbaugh to the Bears. That's just me saying Raiders coach likely out if you oh no they're in the playoffs so maybe he'll come back but Raiders coach likely out because he's an injury Brian coach Flores, Brian Dolphins Flores who won seven games in a row and eight of his last nine had a winning record doesn't have the quarterback he wanted he wanted Herbert to begin with and he ended up with Tua he gets fired I, I don't know if I'm Jacksonville I'm going to pick him up Jacksonville, um, no one. Jacksonville got no Urban. coach. Uh, Texans, I maybe no. They no, have a they new might coach. fire him. Uh, uh, Fangio gone at Fangio's Denver. Fangio's gone from Denver. Joe Judge gone from the Giants. Oh, they did get rid they of him. They fired him tonight. Yep. Even though they said that they weren't going he's, to. He was garbage. <laughs> he's garbage. Yeah, they had to get rid of him. I mean, you got you got a lot of turnover going. Um, I mean, and there might be. Seats. I mean, the Raiders. They might, and Pete Carroll might be on the ropes. I. Yeah. I think the Chargers coach should get fired for calling timeout. Yeah, let's talk about that before we talk about the playoffs. So, I will admit, I had a nice little juicy five-way parlay going in that game, and it was looking good. Guys were scoring the touchdowns, but I needed the Chargers to win. I needed them to cover three, so I needed them to win by four. They were down, what, 29-15? They were down down 14, 15 points. They were down 15 points, I think. It was 29-14, I think. This is in the fourth quarter. Like, only eight-some minutes to go, so I'm like, screw it. I'm going to bed because I knew I was going to stay up late for the CFP. I wake up the next day, and I find out that the Chargers scored on the last play of the game, not let alone the other scores, to send it to overtime to tie it. And now, mind you, a tie. A tie meant both teams got in the playoffs. We joked about, like, oh, they should just take a knee both ways. The athletic wrote a story about, we should just take knees for the entire, you know, 
60 minutes plus 10 minutes of overtime. But they get into it. And Pittsburgh's there sweating going, holy cow. The Colts just absolutely choked on one against Jacksonville. Gave us their spot. We got it by winning in overtime. We just don't need a tie. <laughs> There's a tie. And it's I don't know what happened. And back and forth, I presume. It's down to what? About 30-some seconds to go, right? I think it was, Ryan. 38 seconds to go. Inexplicably, I don't think the Raiders were maybe quite no, in okay, field goal range. The Raiders range. were at the 40. So uh, that's a long field goal. You, you risk getting it blocked, getting it run back, and you lose. You miss the playoffs. Or you miss a run back on a, on a short kick. Um, things that could go wrong. They were going to take a knee. They said they were going to take a knee. The Chargers called timeout. So the Raiders get pissed. They run a, a run play, get like eight yards, and then they kick the field goal with two seconds left and win. What? What are you doing? They basically were white flagging it, saying, okay, They were. Guys, they were standing there. I watched we'll, it. They we'll, stood there. We'll take the tie. Fine. Let's shake hands. We're in the same conference. We're in the, we're in the same division. We're in the AFC West. It's good for the AFC West. We're both going to go to the playoffs. We don't have to play each other next week. I think, right, they weren't going to be up no. against each other. No, no. Let's do this. And the freaking Chargers, their fans have just got to be pissed. Called I'm out. And the Raiders are like, screw you then. And they went and beat them, and now the Chargers are at home. I mean, I just, I would be beside myself. And I mean, I think, Ryan, you said there were, like, players, Charger players going, were you guys going to take a knee? Yeah, we were going to take a knee. I mean, they were going to take They it. weren't going to risk losing when they knew a tie would get them in. Why would the Chargers call it? I mean, why? I, because they thought they would get the ball back? I mean, even if they forced the Raiders into taking the kick, Still a 57-yarder. I mean, 57-yarder in college, yeah, I'll give it to you. There's a pretty slim chance that Let's, most guys can make it. But in the NFL, indoors, I mean, guys, the Lions lost on three, two kicks over 60 yards this year. Like, one guy had a 66-yarder. I mean, 57 yards is long, but it's not, like, unmakeable, right? Like, can you imagine? you got to live with that now for, for a year. But I'll ask you this question, Ryan. So, if... As a football fan, were, would you have been okay if the Raiders played for the tie? I mean, I would have understood it. I mean, if I was a Pittsburgh fan, I would not. I would, I would probably <laughs> never watch football again. But I mean, I would understand it. I mean, yeah, like you, laid you always out play scenarios. to win. You always play to win. But like in that situation. Like it's no man's land. You have not like you have more to lose than you do. To, well, it's play to, to win, win, but it's also play to live to play another day, right? Like I mean, if you know, hey, right, you're like guaranteed. If this game ends up thirty, whatever it was, thirty-two, thirty-two. I think it was at the time. If this game ends up like this, so what? We get in the playoffs. If we yep. win, we get in the playoffs. If we tie, we get in the playoffs. We just can't lose. So I I tend to agree. Is like now taking a knee every play, like some people yeah, joke. Let's see bogus. that that would that would be that would be, ridiculous, be ridiculous. But um. Yeah, just super interesting to me how that whole game went down. I mean, Chargers fans just have to be, like, besides themselves. Um, but then you got plenty of other teams that are just, like, standing around looking, like, what do we have to do to get off the schneid and get in the playoffs? You know, the Browns took a step back. The Ravens laid a tremendous oh. egg down the stretch. The Colts lost to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, mm. the worst team. Worse than the Lions are Arguably, actually, probably less competitive than the Lions this year, and obviously worse because the Lions had a tie and you know to go with three wins, and they only had three wins. But I mean, wow! And that's what makes the NFL 
kind of must-see TV lately is you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there were weeks when Ryan and I were talking about, oh, yeah, the Bills are the best team. Well, the Bills are – I think they clinched the division, but they got a tough playoff. I mean, like, the Chiefs were on a roll, and we both said they're the team to beat, and then they went and lost to the Bengals. Then the Bengals sat their starter and then lost to the Browns. But it's like – it's going to be a crazy – crazy playoff scenario so lay that out for us Ryan we talked a little bit about it last week but now it's final we got the first ever Monday night football yeah. playoff game which is kind of cool I, I kind of like this one team from each conference gets a bye that's the Packers, Packers that's the, the Titans, Titans. Um, and then you got six games then this weekend three yep. on each side so lay them out for us and then yeah. we'll pick them too uh, Saturday Raiders Bengals I, I'm excited for this one I think it'd be a good one I'm I'm a big Bengals guy. I love Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I love that duo there. Um, I'm picking the Bengals in this one. I hope it's a close one, but I, I think the Bengals are going to win. I'm rooting for them. They Sound, haven't won a playoff game in a long time. Yeah, sound running game there too. You know their their defense is okay, but it's been a, yeah, it's been a while since I think they even made the playoffs, let alone won a playoff game. Um, yeah, I mean the Raiders have been kind of hang, you know hanging by a thread all season. They, you look at them and you're like, they've got a lot of pieces and parts, but like their quarterback, I mean, he's got like a one and a half to one touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, he throws a lot of dumb balls, but yet they've got a lot of talent. And then they also had, you know, their best receiver, RIP to the person he killed, doing a hundred and some miles an hour drunk. They had another DUI on the team. Yeah, they had. They're a train off, wreck. They had all this stuff with Chucky, head coach. They're happy to be in. It wouldn't surprise me to see them win. Um, Bengals are going to be scary good over the next couple of years if they get an offensive line. Uh, but I, I think the Bengals are super explosive. I agree. I think the and Burrow rested up. I think he's been a little dinged. So I got the Bengals in that game too. All right. Uh, then the the second game on um, Saturday, little division rivalry there. Uh, Bills and Pats. You know, I think the Patriots were hot there for a minute. Um, Mac Jones, I mean, he's he's really good. They had a great rookie year, but he's kind of fallen off the last few few weeks here. And I think the Bills are going to win. I think they want payback for that that weird loss when it was like fifty win, mile yeah. hour wins or whatever. I think I, I mean we we talked about it all early in the early in the season. We thought that the Bills had the horses to maybe be the best team in the AFC. Um, and I think they're going to show that that they're better. Um, they're going to advance to the divisional round. Yeah, I mean, I need to have some difference in our picks, but I, I agree. I mean, I think the Patriots are probably not far off. You give them a couple more little weapons here or there yeah. to go with Mac Jones and continue his development. I think it's going to be a really good game. Wouldn't surprise me if it goes to overtime, but I think that the Bills will pull this off. They'll, they'll win the season series that way, two games to one. Uh, first game Sunday, Eagles-Buccaneers. Uh, the Eagles have a really good line, good run game. Jalen Hurts has been pretty decent. Um, I just don't see Tom Brady losing in the playoffs right now. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean Tampa has their stuff going on with Brown, and they've had you know they lost a receiver. It was, I can't remember which receiver, but they lost to you know for the season to a torn ACL a couple weeks ago. But I agree. I mean he's the goat for a reason. He wins those games. I do think the Eagles will make it a game. It wouldn't surprise me if they they won because I don't think Tampa Bay's as scary as they were even last no. year. Uh, but I agree. I think Tampa Bay wins that game. Uh, Niners-Cowboys, I think this is the game I'm most intrigued by. 
Um, I think Niners, Cowboys, and I go back to it's I, old school. Like eighty, I it's think like, it was eighty three or so. Dwight Clark, Joe Montana was Dwight Clark in the corner of the throwback. end zone. Joe Montana, and Steve Young, yeah, esque um, versus Aikman and, and all those guys. But I, I'm impressed by the 49ers after watching them play the Rams. I think their defense is stout. Jimmy Garoppolo showed a lot of grit with his thumb injury. I think they got a really good run game. Debo Samuel's a do-it-all receiver slash running back. 49ers upset the Cowboys here, I think. I, the Cowboys are just, they've just been weird. Cow- right? Yeah, the Cowboys haven't been playing the greatest lately. Although Dak had, what, five touchdowns? Well, he, I mean, he's been good all he's year. He's been but good. Um, he I had just, five touchdowns in the yeah. first half the other day, I think it was. I mean, they just destroyed whoever they played. But, boy, yeah, that's a tough one because I – I mean, I think if it was well, I would say I was gonna say if it was at San Francisco, I'd go with Forty Nine ers. But the Forty Nine ers have actually been pretty crappy at home the last two years, really. Um, yeah, they showed a lot in the comeback against the Rams. <sighs> Boy, man, that's a toss up. Um, I definitely like the Forty Nine ers better than the Cowboys. Going back to my days as you know, being a, a kid, always loved the classic Forty Nine ers jerseys, especially when they wear the gold pants on the road. But I gotta go with a little difference here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. All right, Dallas it is. Uh, Sunday night game, Steelers Chiefs. Um, I think the Chiefs are playing pretty dang well. I don't think that's gonna stop. Now I think this is where Big Ben's career ends. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's pretty cool, honestly. I mean, it would have been a shame for that Chargers Raiders game to end in a tie and them to get knocked out after all the kind of fight they showed over the last few weeks. I mean. They beat the Ravens twice in the last five weeks, I think, of the season. Um, you know, and they had tied the Lions previously. You know, Big Ben, he's old. He's been around forever. He just can't move, can't throw as much as he used to, but their defense is really good. I mean, I think that – I think be I think, I think they're going to give it a game, but I think that the Chiefs um, are going to be ready to – they they want to get back to the Super Bowl and they want to win it again this year. I'm not saying necessarily at this point in time they're going to, but I I, I think the Steelers keep it close for you know a half to three quarters. But I think the Chiefs pull pull away at the end. Agreed, agreed. Uh, then finally the first Monday night game um, in in the NFL uh, for the playoffs: Rams Cardinals division division rivals. There, um, you know I think Stafford's a little hobbled right now. But the Cardinals down the stretch, they kind of they kind of showed their real their true colors. I think we said uh, maybe when the Lions beat them, we're like, yeah, they're paper tiger. I think they were all year. Mm-hmm. I think they have a lot more flaws than good things going for them. I think the Rams are a really good team, and I think with McVay's experience, um, just being in the playoffs, making it to a Super Bowl, um, I think he's gonna I think that's gonna happen. Stafford's gonna get his first playoff win. Um, in his career. Yeah, let's talk about that. Everybody railed on Cousins for over his career, not getting a big win, and then he finally got it a couple years ago against New Orleans. Stafford doesn't have anybody, and he was the number one overall pick, so give me a break already on you know, all the Cousins haters that are out there, although I think at the end of the year it was Zimmer or Cousins had to leave Minnesota, and we saw where that went. Zimmer's out. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think, the, I mean, J.J. Watt, I think, is coming back for this game, which is really big for the Cardinals, but I just, I don't know. I I'm not sold on Kyler Murray. I mean, he's made plays like that huge Hail Mary last year. The right. what are you, Hail Murray? Um, right. I, he's just so little. And, I mean, he's got weapons, but I don't. I don't know. Something about the Cardinals just doesn't sit right it with me. Weird. 
I think Prater, what's going to happen is it's going to come down to a Prater long field goal. He's not going to be able to find his beer. He's not going to get, get that last swig, and he's going to hook a field goal, and the Rams are going to win. All right, that's uh, this week. Um, and then getting back to our, to our full pick um after the college football season with the, with NFL games thrown in there. Um, my record, 152-63-1, then you're 148-67. One trailing by four going into the NFL playoffs here, so chance to... Um, one this week, I think, was the only difference on one game this week, yep. so not too many more chances to catch up, but yep. not bad records for a season of That's picking. That's pretty good. It's a lot of games we picked. All right, let's close as we always do with a sprint. Some of these things we kind of touched on a little bit, so they won't come as too big of a surprise. Uh, first free throw line, bigger choke down the stretch, Colts or Ravens? No, it has to be the Colts. How do you lose to the Jags? <laughs> All right, spot number two, and this, you know, half court for the sprint, and this may become like our half court for the rest of golf season. We're going to go, who's your foursome for the Sony? And what we're going to do is we're going to keep track of whose picks win the most over the course of the year. Okay, uh, I don't know the field, so. <laughs> All how, right. How am I supposed to know who's in the field? Yeah, well, oh, I thought you had done some research. All right, well, we'll have to get back to you and tell you who Ryan picked, I'll, and we'll skip that for this for this one. We'll give Ryan a little bit of credit for last week picking uh, Cam, Cam to win. Cam Smith the, for, for the win. Yeah, to win uh, the Kapalua, which, by the way, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to play there, but, oh, my gosh, I need to go there, like, now. All right, so since Ryan, um, you know, skipped half court and went right to the, the far free throw line, should the Natty be played on Mondays like it is, or should it be really a Saturday? Saturday. Game? The yeah. Monday's weird. Yeah, I I think that for basketball too, to be honest. And number four, in honor of Nicholas Lidstrom, we didn't talk about this being named VP of Hockey Operations for the Detroit Red Wings. And we've probably talked best hockey movie in the past, but best hockey movie. Miracle, easily. Yeah, got to be. There's actually some good ones out there. I haven't seen a lot of them. We probably should sit down and binge watch a couple. All right, for me, bigger choke job down the stretch. I mean, Colts for the day, yes, absolutely. They lost the worst team in football. But, I mean, the Ravens, I think they lost their last five games. They were at one point the number one seed. You know, five weeks ago, twice they lost because they went for two when they could have put in overtime, kicking an extra point. They deserve to miss the playoffs and yeah. not unhappy to see another Harbaugh fall on his face. So I'm going to go with the Ravens in that one. My foursome. Um, I've got Leishman at plus 1700, Corey Connors at plus 2600, Maverick McNeely at plus 4600, and my long shot, because I picked Stuart Sink as a long shot last year to win the Heritage. At plus 16,000 is Kramer Hickok, who I believe lost in, what, the eight-hole playoff? Was it yeah, eight-hole, seven-hole playoff? Harris English, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Harris English in, in uh, Hartford. Spot number three, should the Natty be played on Saturday or keep it on Monday? It should be Saturday. But rearrange your bowl game, and when you play the semifinals, to give them the extra prep time. I don't, I don't mind that, that they have extra prep time. You know, I think this year ended up being nine days or whatever between the, you know, New Year's Day. New Year's Eve bowls and then and then the Monday, but it's got to be on a Saturday. Why you put it on Monday? We're up till past midnight last night. I had to get up at six, drive to Holland. Come on, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. And 
best hockey movie. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's Slapshot. There's the Mighty Ducks movies. There's a lot. But there is nothing like Miracle. All right, Ryan, hit us up with a little social media reminder. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score 35. You know what to do. Uh, press that um, follow button. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Um, keep giving us suggestions. Um, if you, if anyone wants uh, knows of any sponsors or if anyone wants to sponsor, uh, feel free to, to reach out. We'd love to to shout you guys out and uh, get you some recognition. So look for our promos too. Once in a while, Ryan will tag him to his Instagram. I've been doing little teaser promos of. Uh, of our open on um, TikTok, the only social media I have. I'm trying to be less addicted to it because it's really easy to get caught up and watch it and watch it and watch it. But uh, TikTok's another place where you can find some stuff. Uh, shout out to Team Anders Realtors. Great sponsor for a year. I'm sure we'll keep going with them. But like Ryan said, if you've got anybody else in mind or you want to be a sponsor on the show, please do hit us up. We'd be more than happy to have you join us. But again, if you have realty needs in West Michigan, Go to teamanders.com. Meantime, in honor of our hockey movie, as Herb Brooks said, this cannot be a team of common men because common men go nowhere. You have to be uncommon. Uncommon.